Say with me, God is good, God is good. All, the time. all the time. Christianity rises and falls on the resurrection story. Pilate washed his hands and sentenced the master, the son of God, to death. He was beaten, he was spit on, he was crowned with a crown of thorns. He was beaten by a Roman cat of nine towels with 39 stripes. In that whip was woven pieces of bone and metal, stripped from his flesh and from his body. So that we hear the prophet Isaiah saying, with his stripes we are healed. That old rugged cross was placed on his back. And up the bloody slopes, he climbed to a place called Calvary, where he was nailed to a cross. On Friday afternoon at 3 p.m., Jesus Christ, the Son of God, bowed his head. He was crucified. And on the cross, he said, it is finished. What was finished? Well, what was finished was death hell and the grave of his own will he gave up the ghost the sun refused to shine the son of god was taken from the cross and before sundown on friday his followers took his blood-soaked body down from the cross and ripped it in bur- and, and wrapped it in burial grave clothes with a hundred pound of spices And laid him in a borrowed tomb of Joseph Arimathea. All night, Friday night. All day, Saturday. And all night, Saturday night. The giver of life lay dead. I want you to get the picture. The demons are rejoicing. Politicians are gloating. The disciples are scurrying for their fishing boats. The Roman soldiers swaggered at the tomb. The tomb had a Roman seal on it. He's dead, they said. Rome has won again. There was a preacher in San Diego, California by the name of S.M. Lockridge. He preached a wonderful message called, It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. He said in his sermon, On Friday they crucified him, but Sunday is coming. On Friday, they had a party in hell, but Sunday is coming. And today, I want to add just a little bit to that message. It's Friday, but Resurrection Sunday is here. And today, it's Resurrection Sunday, but Jesus is coming again. And the world in which we live is still in a mess. And it is still bound by addiction. But Jesus is coming again. So be ready and get ready. Because when the trumpet sounds, everything is going to change. In the moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we shall all be changed. And so let's take a look at Matthew chapter 28, if we could, for a few moments this morning. And notice with me in the first part of those verses, verses 1 through 4. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the day of the week, 
came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a, what kind of earthquake? There was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and they became as dead men. On that third morning, the angels swooped down from the balconies of heaven and rolled away the stone. Roman guards fell to the ground because the glory of the Lord was so strong they were trembling. On that third day, out of that dark tomb walked Jesus, the light of the world. The Lamb of God, the Lord of glory, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the King of kings, and the Lord of all lords. Hallelujah. Heaven's hope and hell's dread walked out of that tomb. You know, the story is told of a man that wanted to take a shortcut home one evening. It was very dark. And so he walked through the cemetery. And not knowing exactly where he was going, he fell into a freshly dug grave. You can imagine the horror that he felt. He tried to climb out, he kicked and clawed, and finally he got so exhausted that he just went over to one side of the grave where it was very dark, and he said, well, I'll just wait until morning. And then about 30 minutes later, someone else came walking through the graveyard. And a man, by chance, fell into the same grave. He was on the other side of the grave and didn't know the other man was in there. So he's kicking and clawing and climbing and he's trying to get out of the grave. <laughs> and finally, just about as he was ready to sit down, just totally exhausted, he heard a voice coming out of that dark portion of the grave. You can't get out of here, but he did. And over 2,000 years ago, the enemy put Jesus in a tomb. And I'm sure that he heard all sorts of voices from the pit of hell. We've got you. There's no way that you can get out of there. But Jesus did, and he's alive today. There's good news from the graveyard this morning. And I believe that two words describe what took place. He lives, he lives, he lives, he lives. Aren't you glad that he does? The throne, the tomb is empty and the throne is occupied. And so we want to take a look at a couple important truths this morning on what this really means to you and I. Number one. The stone that was rolled away makes a way for you. Say this with me. Because the stone was rolled away, it makes a way for me. You know, we've been teaching 
along the lines of breakthrough. And I want to define to you what breakthrough means. I think if we had a title of this morning's message, we could call it Resurrection Breakthrough for You. Now, the word breakthrough means this, a moment or advance all the way through and beyond an enemy's line of defense. It also means an act or instance of removing or surpassing an obstruction or a restriction. I'm here to tell you this morning that our Heavenly Father takes great pleasure in breaking through and creating an opening for you. It wasn't but a few Wednesday nights ago. And if you're not able to make it on Wednesday nights, if you can make it sometimes, please do. The spirit of worship is here. God is here. And his presence permeates our very being. But I saw something in my spirit right before I ministered. You know, I come prepared and spend much time in preparing messages and preparing sermons. But you always want to stay open to the Holy Ghost. Look at your neighbor and say, stay open to the Holy Ghost. And I didn't try to make this happen. You know, you you can't make yourself see things. But thank God the Spirit of God's on the inside of you. And He knows things and He sees things that when it's His will, He'll show you. Amen? So I'm going to take a drink of water. If you have a bottle of water, just drink with me. And if you don't, too bad. But I, I saw some things in my spirit. I saw, as it were, the empty tomb. And I saw in my spirit that the stone had been rolled away and that Jesus came out. And then... The Lord reminded me that this stone represents an obstruction, a restriction, or being held back. And the Lord began to minister to me that tonight was a night that many of the people were going to come through that open door because the door and the stone has been rolled away. And we also ministered and and prayed for people that were outside of these walls. And as I was preparing this message today, I just couldn't get away from it. So I want to share a few things with you. I believe that will bring a breakthrough for you or even a breakthrough for people around you. I want to say this. Nothing could hold back the Lord of glory. And nothing can hold back the glory of God bringing you to your breakthrough. That stone was rolled away, was the very beginning of an opening for you today. That's what the Spirit of God said. And then the Spirit of the Lord spoke and said, an eternal opening Never to be closed again, a forever opening for me and for you. Say it with me, an eternal opening, a forever opening. You know, Jesus entered in once to the holy place and he obtained an eternal redemption for you and for me. 
No longer and never again will his blood need to be shed. Never again will he need to rise from the dead. It is a forever settled fact in heaven that it is done, it is finished, the victory has been won. Oh, that's such good news. Amen. And so what I'm seeing this morning is the doors open. Salvation, deliverance, and freedom is open for you. And all we need to do is step out of the darkness and into the light. I remind you what Jesus said in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way. Aren't you glad he didn't say, I am a way? You know, the religions of this world propagate the fact that, you know, it just doesn't matter who your God is, whether it be Muhammad or whether it be Buddha or whether it be Confucius. It just all matters that we are just children of God and that we love one another. Honk, wrong. It's good to love one another. It's good to be at peace with one another. But there is only one true Prince of Peace. There is only one true God, the living God, Jesus, the Son of God. You know, if you go over to the tomb over in Jerusalem, you will not find his bones. I read something recently that someone found one of the fingertips of Buddha. They found one of his bones. Well, that means that Buddha died and is dead forever. But thank God Jesus is alive and he's alive forever. Now notice, new age is not the way. The philosophical, theological religions of this world are not the way. Religions that deny the virgin birth are not the way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that he is the way? Lift up your hands and say, you are the way. And you are my way maker. Oh, glory to God. Now, I like what Mark says about when they came to the tomb. And I saw something here in Mark 16, 3. And they said among themselves, who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? They were wondering on their way, who shall do this? I say to you by the word of the Lord, he has. has. It is a past tense reality. He has rolled the stone away, but then he's doing it today. And not only that, he'll do it tomorrow. Now, why is that, Pastor? How can he has done it, is doing it, and shall do it? Because he's the same. He's the same. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he's the same forever. Yesterday I got so full of the Holy Ghost at the house. Man, I'm telling you, the anointing came upon me. I was listening to a song by Elevation. And the song is called, Do It Again. And one of the courses from this wonderful song, Do It Again, is this. I've seen you move. Come move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way, and I believe I will see you do it 
again. Woo, hallelujah. He can do it again because he's the same. He's the same mountain mover. He's the same that cleansed the leper. He's the same, glory to God, that cast out devils. He's the same that fed the multitudes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, I love it. I've seen you move. How many of you have seen him move before? Oh, I tell you, it brings tears in my eyes just to look back and see what the Lord has done. I thank God that I'm alive today. I thank God that I'm born again today. I could be in hell this morning. But oh, thank God I'm alive because he's alive forevermore. Have you seen him move mountains in your life before? Have you seen him take sickness and disease out of your body? Have you seen your children come from afar to be nursed at your side? Have you seen him supply your need where it looked like, man, there was no way that your need was going to be met? Come on, somebody, help the preacher out today. Have you seen mountains move? Well, there may be more mountains out there looming in your way, but Jesus Christ has provided a way and made a way, and I believe he'll do it again. I believe he'll do it again. He'll do it again in this place because he's pouring out his mercy and he's pouring out his grace upon his people. Amen. Say with me, he's doing it again in my life. Amen. Now, secondly, he got up, he rose up to bring you up. He got up, he rose up to bring you up. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1, in verses 17 to 23, and I want you to read this with me, if you would, please. Ephesians, the first chapter, verse 17 through 23. I'm going to count to three, and I want you all to mean it when you read it. Look at your neighbor and say, mean it when you read it. One, two, three. Go ahead. The Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to this work of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, And every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. Lord, open our eyes. Help us to see. Lord, we believe we receive the greatness of your power that belongs to us. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead 
up far above all other powers. And then he placed all things under his feet. How many of you know that the head and the body are connected together? And you are the body of Christ and members in particular. I asked you a question this morning. Where are the feet? The feet are in the body and you are the body of Christ. So when Jesus was raised, he placed all things under your feet. Now, look at Ephesians chapter 2. You're doing so good today. I think we ought to just read a couple verses there. Are you ready? Look at the book of Ephesians and notice with me in verse 5 and 6. It says, but God who is rich. Did you know God's rich? I like what old Robert said years ago. God ain't poor no more. Amen. He never has been, but he got the revelation that God's a good God. But God who is rich in mercy. I'm so glad he is. For his great love wherewith he loved us. Now notice in verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together. Quickened there is an old English word which means made alive. Has made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Now read verse 6 real strong with me. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together. Oh, man. Fasten your seatbelts. I got something I just saw last week. Did you know that raising Lazarus from the dead was nothing like Jesus being raised from the dead? Of course, Lazarus was resuscitated, but later, Lazarus died. Jesus was not resuscitated. And he is alive today. But here's my point. It took the greatness of God's power to raise Jesus from the dead. Now, the question would be, why would that be? Do you remember that Jesus said concerning demons, devils, and evil spirits? How many of you know the demons, devils, and evil spirits where Jesus were concerned? I mean, when they saw him, they freaked out. I mean, they would run from him as in terror. But Jesus said this about demonic foes in Luke 20 and Luke eleven twenty. He says, but if I... With the finger of God cast out devils. No doubt the kingdom of God is come upon you. So he cast out devils with his finger. I love that, don't you? What this tells us, this tells us about the superior power of the Holy Ghost. The Bible also talks about the hand of the Lord. You know, I love that song that we used to sing. The hand of the Lord is upon me for good. Well, I'm telling you, when the hand of the Lord is upon you for good, it doesn't matter what other hand may come against you. Glory to God. So it talks about the finger of God. It talks about the hand of God. But the scripture also talks about the arm of the Lord. 
Isaiah said this, who has believed our report? And then he said this, that the arm of the Lord is revealed to those who believe the report. The arm of the Lord is what God used to raise Jesus from the dead. And the question is, why was it so necessary for him to use his arm? Are you ready? Because it wasn't only Jesus being raised from the dead. It was all mankind, past, present, and future that would be raised from the dead and be raised from spiritual death into spiritual life. Your number was in there somewhere. In the mind of God, you died with Him. In the mind of God, you were buried with Him. In the mind of God, you went to the lower parts of the earth with Him. But in the mind of God, when Jesus was raised, all that would call upon the name of the Lord would also be raised. There is a raising in this place this morning. And so he rolled up his sleeve. Say it with me. The arm of the Lord is revealed in my life. Because I believe the report of the Lord. Now we read this in Ephesians 1 about the eyes of our understanding. This is talking about revelation knowledge. A revelation of this raising will enable you and me to look down on the things that have kept us down in the past. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying, it is a new season. Our eyes are being enlightened. I declare that we are seeing things and we are knowing things that we've never seen before and we've never known before. Now the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him will bring you up. Amen. Not only will it bring you up out of sickness, out of addiction, and out of all the things that the enemy would try to hold you back in, but it will also bring your attitude up. It'll change your perspective. When you get a hold of who you are in Christ and what Christ has done for you, it'll change your Monday mornings. You'll come, you'll go from a blue Monday to this is the day the Lord has made. You go from a terrible Tuesday to a Tuesday of glory, to a Tuesday of rejoicing in the Lord your God. You see, this is what happens when revelation knowledge gets into the heart of a man or of a woman. You don't see things the way you used to see them. You don't talk about things the way you used to talk about them. Why is that? Because you've been given new eyes. You've been given new ears. And also, you've been given a new way to talk. And so as you talk the Word of God and declare the Word of God, it will enable you to walk in newness of life and to walk in this resurrection power. Say it with me real strong. I'm coming up and I'm coming out. And thirdly and lastly, this resurrection life that is available to you and I means a new life for you and me. I want you to turn your Bibles to John and notice with me in chapter 11 
And notice in verse 25, John 11 and verse 25. Glory to God. Glory to God. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Oh, hallelujah. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. I'm glad you sang that song this morning, Rodney. I know my Redeemer lives. How many else can testify to the fact that you know beyond any shadow of a doubt that your Redeemer lives? Hallelujah. Redeemer lives. Redeemer from sin. Redeemer from disease. Redeemer from poverty. Redeemer from mental oppression. Redeemed from an unsound mind. You and I have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. The reason why you and I can sit here today and rejoice on this resurrection morning because our Redeemer is alive. Glory to God. The other Sunday night, we were praying about harvest and we were praying about people coming into the kingdom of God and into the family of God. And it was like I just saw some things in my spirit. I saw, as it were, all over the world streams of people coming into the kingdom of God. I saw it in my spirit. I saw people all over the world in Asia and in Africa and in Europe and in Australia and in America. People that were on their way to hell. People with one foot in hell. Because of resurrection breakthrough power and because of purposeful, powerful prayer of his saints all over the world, what was taking place is we were pulling people out of the fire. We were pulling people out of hell and they were coming in, not by the thousands, but they were coming in by the millions all over the world. Woo! Amen. And I'm so happy what God is doing here in the Bay Area. But I tell you, when I think about what he's doing all over the world, I could shout, I could dance all day long. Oh, I'm telling you folks, it is harvest time. And the Lord of the harvest is moving in this place today. He's moving at Jubilee Christian Center today. Come on, somebody. He's moving at Faith Fellowship today, right over there at Chabot. Hallelujah. He's moving at the Assemblies of God out there in Fremont. He's moving in Los Angeles. He's moving in New York City. He's moving in San Diego. He's God in Atlanta. He's God in New York City. He's God in San Francisco. And he's God all over this place today. Say it with me. God is on the move. He's on the move. move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's good news. He's moving. People are coming out of false religions. You know, people's hearts, people's hearts want to really know God. That's why people go to the mosque. That's why people go to the Buddhist temple. Their hearts has a vacuum in it. They're seeking. They're trying to hook in with someone that will fill the emptiness in their heart. I live about a mile away from one of the largest mosques in the Bay Area. 
And when I go to work out on Friday afternoon, I'm telling you what, I got to walk in love. Because cars are all over the place. And I'm thinking, Lord Jesus, make yourself known to them. Reveal yourself to people that are hungry for you. And you know what? I've heard testimonies, PT, that Jesus is literally appearing to many Muslims today to show them that he is the true and the living God. Hallelujah. And so I believe this as a church, we should never look down on the harvest that's before us. But that we should pray for people that their eyes would be opened and that their hearts would be receptive to the truth. I declare by the word of the Lord that there are people sitting in this auditorium today that have divine appointments and you will be divinely connected to people from false religions and you will be able to reveal Christ to them through your life and through your words. Amen. Amen. Say with me, let it be, Lord. Let it be be in me. me. Your will be done. done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, there's problems in the world. Turmoil from the north to the south, from the east to the west. But that's why Jesus came and shed his blood and gave his very best. Jesus came in the midst of a tumultuous season back there. And the Prince of Peace caused a great still. And so the Master will cause his peace to prevail in the earth today for those who will call upon him and begin to say, Jesus is Lord over America. Jesus is Lord over my city. And you will see that the Lordship of Jesus will begin to manifest all around you in this day and in this hour. For it's a new season of my glory and it's a new season of my power. Amen. Glory to God. I believe that's what the Holy Ghost is saying. So somebody says, well, what is my, how can I make a difference? What does my, what can I do with this, this little life that God has given me? Never look at the life that he's given you as little. The life that he's given you is large. In John 10, 10, it says it like this, that the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But why have you come, Jesus? I am come that they might have life and they might have it more redundantly. Not the redundant kind of life, but the abundant kind of life. So this life that God has placed on the inside of you is not to be devalued, but it is to be honored, it is to be nurtured, and it is to be cultivated. And as you do this, this abundant life will grow stronger and stronger in your life, and your witness will be much, much brighter, and the words you speak will have creative power in them. Amen. Amen. So here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, he said this, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. In 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, I want you to quote this with me. It says this, therefore, if any man be in Christ, amen. You know, you look a whole lot better in Christ than you do out of Christ. 
Therefore, if any man be in Christ, what is he? He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things. I submit to you, Jesus Christ not only came to give you life, but he came to give you abundant life. And it is a far better life than the life you were living. The Spirit of God spoke to us a couple of Wednesday nights ago, and I wrote it down. He said this. Don't allow your past to hinder you from breaking forth and breaking through. For I have made a way for you. There is a great open door for you. Do not allow the enemy to harass you of your past. You're a new creation. It's a new day. And not only that. But it is a season for my body. It's a new season for my body in the earth today. It's a new season and there is new clothing. There is a greater and a stronger anointing coming upon my church. New season, new clothes, a higher way, a better way for you and for me. Hallelujah. I love it. I love it. A new season, a new day. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 14, or in Romans 6 verse 4 from the NLT, it says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, also we may live brand new lives. I'm going to ask Pastor Tom to come and accompany me just for a few moments. Father, we thank you so much for all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you will do. Glory to God. How many of you have ever heard of a place called Death Valley? Death Valley is absolutely one of the driest places in the whole earth. You know the Death Valley is 276 feet below sea level? And it's also the hottest place in the country. There's only about two and a half inches that fall on Death Valley every year. But some years ago, an amazing thing happened. Due to a freak weather pattern... Rain fell into that bone-dry area for 19 days straight. And I'll tell you what happened. Suddenly, millions of seeds, which had lied dormant for untold years, burst into bloom. The valley of death exploded into beauty, into color, and into life. And I'm telling you what, the rain has fallen. Your life may have been dry, it may be parched out by the circumstances of life. But the rain is falling. Which represents the Holy Spirit bringing life into our lives. That's the message of the resurrection. That life springs forth from death. That a desert becomes a garden, love overcomes hatred. A tomb is emptied. And the grim and haunting outline of a cross is swallowed up.
by the glow of an Easter morning sunrise.